0: Hey everyone, Jeremy here. I want to come on before you enjoy this episode to make you aware that the experience portrayed in this recording includes a few very intense situations that may not be suitable for young listeners or if you are sensitive to the subject of someone wanting to harm themselves. Please refrain from listening to this episode if you feel like you may be negatively affected. For those of you that wish to continue, welcome back to Infinite Rabbit Hole. Today, we have my buddy, Derek. He's going to talk to us about his sleep paralysis issues. I'm not going to dive too much into it because I know I can't explain it as good as he does, but I've known Derek for a little over a year now, and I know that this is a constant battle for him. All right. So, Derek, thanks for coming on with us today, man. I really appreciate it.
1: My pleasure. My
0: pleasure.
1: You have an experience right too, right?
0: I do. I do have a, an experience. Actually, I can talk about it really quick before we lead into yours. When I was in high school, I was living in Florida, and I used to have this routine where I would take a nap right after school. So one day I was laying on this futon in the living room and I had fallen asleep. And I noticed at, when I was sleeping that I was hearing some noises going on outside my front door, which was a normal thing because the mailman would come by every day and drop off the mail. So I opened my eyes and I was listening. And as I tried to turn to, to look out the window to see if it was the mailman, I realized I couldn't move. That alone was a, was a scary situation for me because I've never had that happen to me before. I tried testing moving my fingers. I tried testing moving my toes. I tried saying something. I couldn't speak which was extremely strange and unnerving. How long did it last for you? Or how long do you think it lasted? Uh, I want to say it lasted a total, I felt like it was about 10 minutes, but I did some research on sleep paralysis and apparently it only lasts between 30 seconds to like five minutes. It's not a very long thing. But the strangest thing that happened is that, that once I realized that I couldn't move, I tried to look through the peripheral on my left side to look out the window. And I noticed a black shadow sitting in the window or right outside the window. And it kind of kept dot, like putting its head in and out of my peripheral view right at the fringe of my vision. And it disappeared. And I just remember looking up at the ceiling and trying to look out my left side. And then I noticed it was on my right side. So it went from the outside of my house to the inside of my house. And that's, that's all I ever saw of it. I never saw like a, a solid figure. I just saw something in my peripherals on the, the outside of my vision, but it scared the crap out of me. I was, I was petrified actually. Pretty freaky. Yeah. And there's no sense of time at all. No. It feels 10,
1: 20 minutes, but
0: it's probably two, three minutes. Then I just woke up. It's like, I I woke up probably, I want to say 10, 15 minutes later because it was, it still felt like the same time of day. My dad hadn't come home yet. So I I wasn't sleeping for long, but they say that sleep paralysis happens at two periods. They say that it happens either right before you actually fall into REM sleep or right after when you're trying to wake up. And I think that this was on the, the end of me trying to wake up. Yeah. That's the only time I can't control mine. That's all I got, man. That's my story. Super strange. That's only ever happened once. You never got it again, never got a chance of it again. I've done some research specifically for your episode today. And I I found that a lot of sleep paralysis victims actually get it when they're sleeping on their back. And I'm not a back sleeper. I, I like to sleep on my stomach. And what's funny about that day is that I slept on my back. But I don't normally sleep on my back. And I honestly, I sp- ever since I learned of it the past couple weeks, you know, getting ready for this episode, I've tried to pay attention to if I'm waking up on my back, if I'm waking up in the middle of the night on my back. And I don't. I just wake up either on my side or my stomach. I don't know. Maybe I just haven't put myself in the situation to fall victim
2: to sleep paralysis again. Jake, you ever had anything like that? No. I'm just generally... Can't sleep at night on a good night I probably sleep six hours and it's been years and years and years of that I can't say it has anything to do with any disorder it's probably just my poor habits but I did used to deal with some insomnia that messed me up a little bit but it was just a a period of that stress due to having a full-time job for the first time kind of bounced out of that I've never had any real issues that I had to worry about But I'm very interested to hear what Derek has to say because from what I've, you know, what we kind of went into the other day, it sounds pretty interesting. Derek, I'm excited, man. You set the bar pretty high,
0: dude, during our last conversation. I'm pretty excited to hear this, dude. I've been looking forward to it all week. I've got got a serious problem with it. Well, nobody knows how to help at all. Here's your chance, man. If you can, start from the beginning. Do your best to include as much information as you can. And take us for a ride, man. I'm ready.
1: All right, yeah. Uh, so first instance I had of sleep paralysis, I didn't, I didn't at the time. I didn't know what really what it was. I did some time in the Navy, and I was on my first ship at the time. This is back in 2015 or so. We were doing um uh, some training evolutions out in the sea. I'd probably say I went a solid eight days without sleeping napping here and there. One night we uh, finally get to go to sleep and I got into my rack. I was in the bottom rack. There's six other people around me sleeping and I'm I'm laying in my rack. I fall asleep and then I just hear like loud noises like something's going on. There's got to be whether it's a drill or we do a lot of drills all the time. So there's a lot of noise going on. So I, I wake up and there's No one, there's no one in the room at all, uh, in my little cube. There's no one in the cube. And from what I see, there's a black shadowy figure. He's coming into the, he opens the curtain to the cube. And he's like walking over to me. And there's like, I I don't know what it was, but I see like glowing everywhere. So whether it was fire or just, I don't know what it was, but there was fire everywhere. So naturally I'm freaking out because the ship's on fire. So I'm trying I'm fighting to get up. I can't get up. I can't move. It just feels like I'm being held down and this black, shadowy figure is walking towards me. And, and so I'm trying to scream. I'm trying to move, get up, something. And then after I probably say after like two or three minutes, or what it felt like two or three minutes, I finally can talk. And so I start screaming. I'm screaming really loud, really, really loud. The person across from me up on the top rack he jumps out when he like dives into my wreck and he's like shaking me and shaking me and shaking me, trying to get me up. And then I finally get up and but whatever that was freaked me out a lot. So um, I ended up just sitting on the couch that night and sitting there, freaked out, not knowing really what's going on. Come the next day, I'm super tired. I didn't sleep that night. So I'm really tired and I just keep falling asleep at work or mustering I'm falling asleep. So I ended up going to dock on the ship and they really didn't know what was going on. They just told me to try to sleep better tonight. So I'm laying in my rack again and I just feel a lot of pressure on my chest and it just feels like my body is falling asleep and my, my head is still awake. Like my brain is still awake. So I go back, I, I fall back into sleep paralysis again and Similar situation, black shadowy figure, but I kind of just sit there and watch it, trying to figure out what was going on. Uh, That one lasted probably 30 seconds or so, and then I ended up getting out of it, and I couldn't sleep anymore. So I started roaming around the ship for 30 minutes, and then I get under the foc'sle because, mind you, it's been eight days. I haven't slept. The is the front of the ship. Eight days I haven't slept. I got this serious situation going on now where I'm seeing things and hearing things. And I I uh, get to the front of the ship, and I'm just standing up there, just looking out, and it's 3 o'clock in the morning, and you're not supposed to be outside. So i stay on the forecastle, and I get to the top, and I was, like, debating on jumping, to be honest with you. I was really debating it. I, I really couldn't take it anymore. We had a lot going on, a lot of things going on. I'm not going to really talk about the situation that led up to that. But the situation that led up to the me wanting to jump was mixed in with that and the sleep paralysis that was going on. The The bridge saw me, and they ended up calling somebody, and they came up running up there, and they grabbed me. and ended up being one of my like second classes, and he grabbed me, and he held me, and he started hugging me, and I just started crying. Yeah, that was the first time that I had it. They flew me off the ship after that, probably, I'd say, a day and a half later. They had me laying in the medical office. I got flown off the ship, and I go home to my girlfriend. And this is where things get a lot worse. I got home to my girlfriend. She picks me up from uh, one of the bays that we had. And so I go home to my girlfriend. She's kind of curious on why I'm home early. Didn't really tell her everything. I just said something happened, so I came home early. The first night, nothing really happened. I just went to sleep. It was fine. Everything was fine. The next night is where I get really freaked out and I needed help. So the second night, we're going to sleep. Uh, she's next to me. I fall asleep, and then probably at 2 o'clock in the morning or so, I wake up, and there's a black shadowy figure standing in the corner of the room. He stands in the corner of the room and he's just staring at me. And then he just walks towards her and I'm kind of looking at her or looking at him, trying to figure out what was going on. I'm trying to yell at her to to wake her up, but I can't yell. And he's like standing above her. It looked like he had a knife or a weapon, like a a pipe or something. So I'm freaking out and freaking out and so I'm, I'm screaming, but I can't, she, she can't hear me. I am screaming, I'm screaming, I'm screaming. And then finally, when I am able to come to and wake up, I get out of bed and I used to sleep with a a holster next to my bed. So I grabbed the gun and I'm just running through the house with a, gun, a loaded gun, uh, running through the house. I'm opening closets. She's getting up. She's like, what's going on? What's going on? And I was like, someone's in the house. And she's like, no one's in the house. I was like, he was just standing above you. I mean, her arguing back up forth I was like he was just standing above you with a knife so I'm running around the house trying to find him never found him and now I just look stupid so I felt really bad about that after that I was like I gotta lock these guns away I can't I can't risk it because maybe one day I'm gonna wake up thinking it's a black shadowy figure and it ends up being her walking in the room and I shoot her so I'm, I'm not risking that at all so I locked the guns away and yeah went from there that happened probably five or six more times, and she couldn't really handle it anymore, so she started sleeping at her house. It's been tough a lot uh, real tough about it. There was times where I would go to sleep and wake up, and the room is just real dark and like kind of wavy, and I'm laying in the bed, and the bed just starts like closing in on me, like tacoing me and sucking me down while the man is standing there and watching me and there's been a couple of times where it looks like he's come after me and then I wake up in time or I used to sleep with the door open. I used to see him walking down the hallway towards me. A lot of things like that. I've gone to um, sleep studies. I've done five or six of them now. Four of them. I've actually encountered sleep paralysis during that. And they uh, couldn't see it. They I would they would wake me up, ask me if I was okay. They couldn't see it. They'd I'd be like, "Hey, mark that point right there," and they wouldn't they wouldn't be able to tell because the only way they could tell is rapid uh, heart rate and relaxation of muscles, which your muscles are already relaxed during that. So the they those didn't work. So I begged for a new doctor. The new doctor comes in he sends me to do this newfound test that they have it's um it's a blood test where they're testing for hla dqb it's a genetic marker that is associated with narcolepsy i did that test it comes back inconclusive so they couldn't tell whether i had whatever that genetic marker is so now I guess within the past year or two, I guess, they came out with a new test, and it's a spinal tap, and they're looking for levels of hypocretin in your cerebrospinal fluid, and I refuse to do that because that seems painful, but they have no way of uh, knowing how to do it, how to fix it. The disability I got was 0% because they really can't uh, prove it. Even though it was caused by military service,
2: how are you doing right now? Though all that stress going on of things happening, works happening. Now you have a situation where, or now you have possible sleep disorder. Can't get a good night's sleep. Now here you are. How many? uh, How long has it been since the very first incident on the boat? So that was around two thousand fifteen, right? Yes, it's been probably what five years now. How do you feel about it now? Because if you're still working, you still have that job stress, still have family stress, now you're way into this thing. It doesn't sound like you've improved at all. Uh, No. How's so, the demeanor around it? I mean, it's it's a lot different now. Uh, I'm kind of used to it. I've
1: been doing a lot of research on it ever since it started. It got to the point where I've kind of figured out ways to control it the best I can. So... Like he said, like he said earlier, when you're falling asleep into it, or you're waking up into it, you have those two different ways. Uh, When I'm falling asleep into it, uh, I can control that. I can stop it. I just kind of shake, I shake my body or I'll stand up and walk around. Usually if I'm falling asleep into it, it happens two or three times. So I'll stop it the first time. It'll start happening again. I'll stop it the second time. And then I'll just, I'll get up, walk around. I'll go get water. I'll watch some TV or something, try to stop it, and then I'll go back to sleep and act like it's a new day and start over. When I'm waking up into it, that's when I really, really can't control it at all. That's when I'm completely paralyzed. I can't move. I can't talk. And I would say it happens probably four or five times a week. I have it. Probably two of those times I see my old friend walking around.
0: So in your first story, you said that other than the – the concern for your personal health, which I, I hope that you can find something, man, if I can help in any way, let me know, okay? We can, we'll, we're here to talk to you if you need it. Thank you. But one of the things that just jumped right out of your story and really grasped my attention was the black figure, because I've seen it too. When I'm doing research on sleep paralysis, it's it's really strange how sleep paralysis all over the world, and in ev- almost every case of sleep paralysis, people say something about a black figure in the room, either outside of their vision or sometimes it even sits on their chest and they can see it in full view. You said that in your first story, the black figure pulled your curtain away from your wreck. Yes. So you actually saw your curtain move because the black figure grabbed it and moved it.
1: Yes. Whether it was real moved or I just visioned that, by the time I woke up, that curtain was actually open. So that's crazy, man. That so he's he's definitely interactive with me. I don't know if it's a uh, a vision of something,
0: yeah, or if it's actual spirits. I don't know. I've only read a few instances of sleep paralysis where the the figure makes contact with the person. Has this figure ever touched you and have you ever felt its skin or its body or whatever it is? actually make contact with you no he's he has
1: never touched me he's never gotten close to me he's usually just in the corner of the room or down
0: the hall he's never got that close to me the closest he's gotten to me was in the ship and when you see him is he usually like in clear view of you or is he sitting in your in your peripherals i can never look at him no he's just off
1: he's like off to the side but i can never turn my head to look so i've never seen him
0: i just know it's a figure. Something about that black figure and all of these sleep paralysis stories just really boggles my mind. I need to know more about it.
1: And then, Yeah, there's probably hundreds of thousands of people that go through that and seen have seen him,
0: whether it's one time like you or every week for me. What do you think causes this? Now, it seems like you're extremely stressed out, and I know that PTSD is a very critical event that can happen to service members and and anybody that witnesses a traumatic experience. Do you believe that this could be tied into a PTSD? Is this something that's tied to a mental injury, a physical injury, or did this just start happening?
1: Uh, In my instance, I I think it's PTSD mixed with lack of sleep at that time that kind of introduced it to my life and then to why it keeps going. I have no idea. When I talked to my doctor, he said that I'm not the only one in the service that has it as much as I do. So he's definitely seen it before, so I'm not a rare case.
0: Hmm.
1: For my stories that I've told him, he has it all on record too. I, I do have the craziest stories that he's heard from the service members, but all he wants to do is pump drugs into me. They put me on five or six different types of antidepressants. I think it's all stress related and depression that's kind of causing me to do it, but i'm I'm not depressed at all. I mean at that time in the in the first story I was, but I just went through something traumatic and then days on days on days of without sleep after that just kind of put me over the the tip of the iceberg
0: there. yeah, how many days straight did did you go without sleep?
1: Uh, it was probably it was probably around eight days. I mean, it's not straight without sleep. I've had the occasional nap during lunchtime, but we had flight quarters, boat ops, um, watch, and then work. And back then, they didn't have um, the watch cycles that we have now. So it was five, six hours of watch. And then you had to go right into work or right into flight quarters or boat operations. It was, it was tough to get a little shut eye that we could.
2: I've had this issue for a really long time. So all the, the research I did prior to this, where it was talking about all the ways you could avoid getting sleep paralysis or how to break the cycle of sleep paralysis, or if you notice you're experiencing sleep paralysis and you want to avoid it from happening later on, this is what you do. And it's all what Jeremy was kind of alluding to avoid sleeping on your back, avoid caffeine and alcohol close to bedtime. And I imagine that it's since it's been so long, you've probably done all of those things.
1: Yeah, I've done. They, they've even had me doing a uh, little therapy, like at-home therapy. It was, a, it was a pill that I would take, and then I had to walk around the house for 10, 15 minutes trying to kind of make myself a little tired and then go to sleep. And then and it's no, no laying on the back, no caffeine, like you said, no phone, and... I don't know, they said the temperature of your room also involved in there. So I would I would keep the room really cold. Nothing has ever worked for
0: me. I still get it. So in your second part of your story on the ship, the second time you made contact with the, the black figure, which was the second time that you had a sleep paralysis experience, you didn't really mind it being there. Can you explain a little bit? It was more of... Accepting, I was accepting what was going on
1: uh, because I I was so so embarrassed the first time. Imagine there's 84 or so people living in a small confined space that I was in, Mm -hmm. and in the middle of the night, I got people trying to drag me out of my rack to wake me up as I'm screaming. I was very 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 embarrassed. So when it happened the next night, I kind of I thought because I I have full range of thinking when I'm in this mode, I can think everything. I can control everything except for talking and moving. So I kind of just thought to myself, like, just let it happen. Whatever's going to happen, happen. I just didn't want to go through the embarrassment
0: again. So I just kind of accepted him. Yeah. I've always told myself that if I ever witnessed the black figure during a sleep paralysis episode again, that I wouldn't freak out. And I would take every moment I could to try to follow it and study it. It's
1: been five years. I say that to myself every single time. I still freak out. Really? Yes. I cannot stop. Because I, I, when I've done research on it, they say that if you let it happen, you can go into a, um, what's that dream that you can control?
0: Lucid dreaming.
1: They say that you can get into a lucid dream. Really? If you don't freak out and you just let it happen. And then I, I, lay, I lay there, I let it, I, I'm letting it happen, letting it happen, and then I just freak out every single time the weight is getting worse. The process, I, I don't like the feeling that I have. Yeah. It's my body feels really, really, really weird and like compressed. And it's almost, it's like a nuisance. It's not a pain. It's just like an annoying feeling and I don't like it. Hmm.
0: So I freak out every time. In your, your first story at home, when you said that your your girlfriend was sleeping next to you and you had the issue where you were running around the house with a gun trying to hunt down this figure do you mind expanding a little bit on what her reaction was to this I mean did she she didn't have any experience with this either she was completely in the dark about it and you were just running around like a madman
1: yeah from the moment that she because I think I left it out she woke me up it got to the point where I was making little like squeak sounds yeah that's that's why I've, I've mastered the squeak sounds that's and when I tell everybody that I sleep with them, so she, she heard a little squeak sounds. She turned over, which is weird because the whole time she wasn't looking at me. And when she turned over and when she started touching me, it's when I realized that she was looking at me. So when I was in paralysis, she wasn't looking at me, but when I woke up, she was. So just, it's like, I had a fake image in my mind. But um, when I woke up and she, when she woke me up and I started running around the house, she had no idea what was going on because I wasn't telling her. I just I just kept saying, "He's in here, he's in here, he's in here," running around with a gun. And then when she finally calmed me down, I just sat on the ground. I like I told her to take the gun away from me, and that was that was a couple days right after the first first time I ever had it. So I just had to get that gun out of there. I didn't know what was going to happen.
0: Yeah, I don't blame you, man. Do you ever feel threatened like physically threatened by this shadowy figure
1: uh, in the beginning, I did now I don't he's kind of just part of my life now every time i try to th- I try to talk to him I can't like, i I can't look at him. I don't know what he is if he's representation uh, I can't talk to him, so I'm not threatened by him at all. He's never touched me. I know I've seen on on some stories that I've read that they have touched him or he's touched them, which kind of really weird but that's that's a thing that happens i
2: guess i imagine it's along the same lines as when people say that they wake up and the thing's sitting on their chest technically that could be it's touching them yeah i'm glad i'm glad it doesn't freak you out anymore you don't feel threatened no you did mention that you figure like every single time i'm gonna be calm and relaxed and all that stuff but every single time you kind of freak out a little bit, and I I can imagine that that would be incredibly startling or a scary situation to go to, no matter how many times you've been through it. When you're expecting to be relaxed and calm down, and it's time to wind down after a long day, and then just get this sort of thing. You said it was what, like five times a week, four or five times a week. Yeah, I was I would say so, yeah. So not a set schedule. It's just could happen four nights in a row. Sometimes doesn't. Sounds pretty terrible. I'm sorry that you you go through that. I've been I've been trying my hardest to
1: figure out if it's a certain food that I eat in the night or a certain thing that I do, whether I, I I've I've tried so hard to try to figure out what is causing it. Can't figure it out.
0: That's gotta be exhausting, man.
1: Yeah, it's just I mean, I got it down to a ma- uh a science now. I can wake myself up. Once I realize that once I wake up into it, I can wake myself up. Uh it takes a little while. I just touch my fingers together. So it all depends on how my fingers are when I'm sleeping. If it's wide, if my hands are wide open, it takes me longer to get my index finger and thumb to touch each other. But uh, that's my goal. Is if I, I just think. I think hard enough, and then I start moving my fingers together. Or I do the little squeak, which is me yelling in my head. But I make like a little squeak sound. And if I'm laying with somebody, they'll turn over. But me being single right now, I'm kind of on
0: my own hear that ladies he's single
2: (laughs) just got to deal with this (laughs) just got to deal with someone running around the house with a handgun
0: that's it (laughs) and he's all yours
1: you won't get shot just the black figure will yeah
2: (laughs) i mean come on ladies he's a handsome man look at oh yeah handsome man let's transition to the science and culture side of it because i want to i want to find out what what derek thinks it is okay what is the beast what do you think well, I think he is. I don't um, – I mean, I keep saying he. It could be a female. I don't know. No,
1: I, I have no idea. I haven't even thought about what he could be. Is there a size behind it?
0: Oh, there's a lot behind it. Really? Yeah.
1: Is it going to embarrass me
2: of why I'm experiencing it so much?
0: No. Go ahead, Jake. <laughs> you sound like you had something to say, bud.
2: Yeah, what do you got? With the cultural side of it, Jeremy talked about it. Seems to be all people, regardless of race – culture where they're at in the world every single one of them for the most part has the black shadowy figure maybe it's real maybe it's not something that's just chilling out inside of our own minds and it's just our brains playing tricks on us you know you'd imagine that if it was that if it was something inside of our own heads that culture and location would have a lot to do with it changing stuff up gosh i just want to say maybe it's some scary stuff that actually happens to us in our sleep, but most people aren't awake to see it, man. Who knows? So you're saying that
1: everyone has him, whether they, whether they see him is. Yeah. Why not
2: think of it? Like uh people that are religious, oftentimes believe in some sort of a, an evil spirit. What if it's real? What if it's a actual thing that, that occurs when people are sleeping when they let their guards down, when they're uh vulnerable but no one's around to, to view it and see it except for people that have sleep disorders that wake up in the middle of it So they see things that other people can't.
1: When I have sleep paralysis, um, the times that I don't see him, everything's fine. It's just normal room. When I do see him, that's when I see fire or if I'm being sucked into my bed or walls are melting down, stuff like that. I wonder if, if either he is present causing all of that
2: or if he's present, stopping whatever's causing all of that. Mm. And I would imagine it would be along the lines of how do you feel when you're looking or trying to look at the figure. You say you can never look at it straight on, but if you're trying to look at it, what's the feeling surrounding it? If it's a feeling of dread and terror, then I would say it's not anything good. Next time I see him, I'll have to look and think about it. For sure. Because, I mean, if there's a feeling of peace and – comfort and and love and all that that's not an attribute of what a demon would be throwing off but if it's uh terror dread doom those sorts of feelings um i wouldn't imagine that it would be something pushing back all those other hallucinations as well if they are in fact hallucinations hard to say but it's just it's just so strange for me because i agree with what jeremy was saying i'm researching this i'm looking it up and i'm seeing just black shadow figure black shadow figure whether it's Climbing to bed with people, sitting on their chest, standing in the uh, corner of the room, whatever it may be doing, it's always the same thing. And then you look up, well, what is this black, shadowy figure? And everyone's like, oh, <laughs> I don't know. No idea, yeah. You'd imagine that if it was some sort of a, a weird disorder, like say scientists can tell you what schizophrenia is and how it represents itself. It's super common, but so are sleeping disorders. You'd imagine this would be common enough that a... Uh, scientists would be able to say yeah this is what this is hands down amongst all types of people this is what your brain does i don't have anything on it i can't find anything on it at all yeah yeah the scientists have not figured it out like what if it's what if it's real yeah they they
1: they have not figured out what causes it how to fix it they're just having they're just doing trial tests on the spine tap right now (laughs) which
2: sounds terrifying
1: yeah i was supposed to be one of the, the trial members but I was like, I don't really want to get a spinal tap. I'll wait till the this, this, the studies behind that show
0: that it works, and then I'll go do it. No, oh, definitely. I never thought of it possibly being a protector instead of an agitator. That's something I got to look into. I me mean, could.
1: He's never he's never touched me or tried to hurt me. He's just kind of there. So I don't know if he's trying to protect me from something.
0: Yeah, maybe just the. The, the knowledge that there is a shadowy figure in your room is just so embedded into our brain to be scared of it, that you're automatically feeling the, the feeling of dread and terror when you see a shadowy figure. But what if it is something that's there to protect your, your mental state or whatnot? Let's talk about the strangest of the aspect that this black figure is, is present in every culture around the world throughout history. I mean, there there are uh, references to this black figure uh, in sleep all the way back to Egyptian times. I'm looking at an article right now that's talking about how they have found transcriptions on the walls and some pyramids showing a black figure next to a sleeping body. How crazy is that? So he's been he's always been there. It's insane. So, all right, I'm on Wikipedia right now. And trust me, I know it's not the the best place to source, but it's got a lot of information on this black shadowy figure, right? Wikipedia calls it the night hag or the old hag, as as referred to in North American cultures. I'm going to read it directly from Wikipedia itself. The article states, the night hag or old hag is the name given to a supernatural creature commonly associated with the phenomenon of sleep paralysis. It is a phenomenon during which a person feels a presence of a supernatural malevolent being which immobilizes the person as if sitting on their chest or the foot of their bed. The word nightmare was used to describe the phenomenon before the word received its modern, more general meaning. So That's how Wikipedia describes it. But did you know that there are, I'm looking through this, this Wikipedia article right now, and it has enough cultures and countries and different names that this thing goes by that they have to separate it by continent. I'm seeing North America, East Asia, Southeast Asia, South Asia, they're separating the continent by regions even. There are so many different places that this phenomenon has been recorded that they have to separate it by region. It's always there. I just want to point out that if there's something behind it, the way science describes sleep paralysis is that when someone wakes up during REM sleep or rapid eye movement sleep, they are forced to wake into a uh, state of Paralysis. Now, in order to kind of understand what science means by that, let's talk about REM sleep. REM sleep is where your body projects the dreams into your consciousness. And what it does is shuts down your body's ability to move. So when you're sleeping and you're in REM sleep and you're projecting a dream in your mind to entertain you while you're recharging your batteries, your body shuts down so that you're not acting out your dreams. So let's say in your dream you're dreaming that you're running through a field of sunflowers and instead of your body acting it out, your body shuts down your your ability to move so that you're not running or kicking or hurting yourself or somebody else while you're sleeping. Wait, you can run in your dreams? Yeah, I can run in my dreams. I can't fight anybody in my dreams. I always fall over. I can't really run. I can't fight. As soon as I throw throw a fist in a dream, I feel like I'm like I just can't like my arms are are weighted. That's how I know I'm sleeping. Like that's the only time I can tell I'm sleeping is if I go to punch something and I can't move. I don't know why I'm so angry in my dreams. I'm
1: looking at these the Wikipedia and the all the countries have something cool to name or to name him and stories behind it, and then. United States
0: of America is just an alien abduction. Old Hag. Old Hag is it's Canada, but it's also referred to here in, in America.
1: It says, United States of America sleep paralysis is interpreted as space alien abduction.
0: See, that's another thing I wanted to get into while talking about this, is that are people that are claiming to be abducted by aliens actually falling victim to sleep paralysis?
2: It's like this painting by Henry Fuseli uh, from... 1781 this one that has the demon sitting on the person's chest. Yeah, I'm looking at that right now. A painting called The Nightmare may have been inspired by the chest crushing sensation and hallucinations of sleep paralysis.
0: Man, I wish I could draw. I would draw so much stuff that I've seen. So, the chest, the chest compression, the feeling of something sitting on your chest when you're sleeping and you're in REM sleep, the only thing you can do is you can breathe and you can move your eyes. That's why it's called rapid eye movement sleep. So, While you're sleeping, your eyes are closed. You can see somebody's eyes binging back and forth. That means that they're in rapid eye movement sleep. So when you're forced to awaken during REM sleep, the only thing you can do is shallow breathing and move your eyes. That's why you feel, or science says, That's why you feel like you're suffering from an episode of sleep paralysis is because you're actually paralyzed. Your mind tells your body that you're sleeping. You should be paralyzed, but you're awake. Your eyes are open. You're conscious, but your body feels like you're still asleep, so you can't move. And the only thing you can do is do exactly what you can do only in REM sleep, and that's move your eyes and breathe. So when people try to speak louder and they get excited by seeing that black figure in their peripherals, they're actually trying to force themselves to breathe harder and harder and harder, and your body just can't do it because when you're in REM sleep, your brain shuts everything down. So you get this feeling of compression on your chest, like somebody's sitting on it or somebody's compressing your body in. But in all reality, your body or your mind feels like you're in REM sleep and you're just not anymore. You're you're awake. And that's what the scientific explanation is of REM sleep. Now for the black figure, what do you do in REM sleep? You dream. So they say, science says that the black figure in your room is a projection of your dream. So your mind is creating a dream for you to be entertained while you're recharging your body. And when your eyes awaken, you're projecting the dream that your brain is trying to put out for you. And you're seeing the projection through your eyes. I, for one, don't buy that. Why is it that every single culture throughout history and every person that's ever seen us is explaining the exact same thing? I know we all don't go to sleep every night and have the exact same dream. So why are we all seeing this black figure? I, I There's aspects of the scientific explanation for sleep paralysis that i do buy but the explanation for the old hag is not i i don't buy it i can tell you because i went through an episode of sleep paralysis and i saw this black figure i don't believe i was projecting a dream i believe like there was a presence in my room and i would i felt threatened during mine but it was only my first experience my only experience Uh, and I was caught completely off guard by
2: it. I'm certain that like most sleep disorders this has a lot to do with what you do for a living. How stressed you are on a regular basis, how strenuous your your workload is throughout the day on top of everything else. I think that people that are in military service probably have a lot more sleep disorders than say people that work in offices and in office buildings especially. I did mention that I did have that bout of insomnia that lasted for about, it lasted for several months. It was pretty continuous for about, for several months. I got help with that. I was able to bounce back. I was able to get myself into a semi decent sleep schedule. Still don't sleep well at night. I still can't attribute it to not being able to sleep, more so that I just have bad habits. But being able to completely function at 100% with about four or five hours of sleep a night, it's probably not good, but. I mean, it's what I do. And I know a lot of people that do that. I know a lot of people that have sleep disorders like insomnia, your sleep disorder. I've known a couple of people that have had narcolepsy after a while that they had insomnia for a really long time. And then they switched their brain switched over to narcolepsy and they would pass out and be asleep for four or five days straight and have to go to the hospital because of it. And I'm sure it has everything to do with what we do, no matter what our position is whether we're working on a ship, on a flight deck somewhere, on a flight line, it's just the nature of the beast. We see a lot of stuff. We go through some traumatic experiences. We work our butts off, and then we try to wind down at the end of the day, and it's just not an easy task. It's not an easy thing to do. I do want to say that I just want to know more about you know what the figure is that everyone sees. But it could be just as easy as it's just something that your brain puts out there that's the same amongst all types of people. Yeah, There's not a good enough amount of research behind it, which really sucks.
1: Yeah, they're pretty, pretty much clueless about it. They're definitely trying as much as they can. But yeah, they have not been able to figure out what's causing it, how to fix it. They've classified me as like hypersomnic and narcolepsy, and they basically don't know what to do.
0: Well, I hope you find closure, man. I really do hope that somebody can come out. If anybody listening to this has an idea of what's going on with Derek, please reach out to us. We'll put you, we'll get you in touch with him and uh see if we can't figure this out for him. But Jake, you brought up a good point. I wonder if there's some kind of study done somewhere that contributes sleep paralysis to a certain kind of job or stress stressful situation that's a good point but again to me the most interesting part of sleep paralysis in general is the black figure so i have a question i don't know if either you guys chime in with your opinions on this but do you think that even during your sleep that you're and you're not suffering from sleep paralysis do you think that this thing is still there Oh, you're saying like, is he he always there? Yeah. And we only see it during sleep paralysis because that's the time when he's around. And how strange is it that you can see it through your eyes, but if someone's in the room with you when you're suffering from sleep paralysis, that they can't see it. Yeah. Maybe he's always there. Just, yeah. we, We never open our eyes to see it. Jake,
2: I know you got something, man. What do you got? Yeah. Not to freak you out or anything. But <laughs> what if he's always watching you? What if he watches you in the shower? <laughs> that's so um, close. <laughs> he knows when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake, and he knows when you're alone naked in the shower. I just am leaning more into the reason why people can see this figure while they're sleeping is because it's always there, and that's the time that they're defenseless and they have their guard down. Yeah, people will say that it's bad to meditate because meditating, you open up your consciousness to whatever is out there. What sort of influences can be uh, pressed upon you, because you have your guard down and you're just kind of opening yourself up and you know trying to center yourself. I would say that it goes along the same same lines with sleeping that your your guards let down, your minds open up. You're just allowing whatever happened to happen. Your senses are all firing. You're you're dreaming whatever all that is. And then you wake up in the middle of it and you're seeing this thing. Maybe it is real. Maybe it's, it's something that's there Yeah. in my own experimental way. I would want maybe to have a couple bouts of sleep paralysis just to see what all the hype is about. I want to see if I would also experience that sort of thing, but on the other side of it it sounds truly terrifying. So no, no, thank you. If you want to see, so my favorite person that kind of, Shows it the best. His
1: name is Nicholas Bruno. He's an artist. He suffers from sleep paralysis as well. He's an artist and he, he reenacts everything to the best of his ability that he can see. So if you look him up, you can kind of see some of the things that I've seen, whether it's the melting bed or kind of just things falling apart.
2: It's like some surrealism. Yeah, he
1: like he has actors that like, so like he has houses on fire. Uh, his black shadowy figure looks like a dog
0: i'm gonna have to look through his pictures man and see if i can see something like what i saw that day
1: this is why i wish i could draw because
2: uh, like i can't even express the amount of things that i've seen and experienced i want to really open up and talk about this thing because i don't i don't know about this stuff you deal with sleep paralysis and possible narcolepsy we'll see right or that's at least doctors are just throwing diag- or, uh, a diagnosis, throwing diagnosis, you, diagnosis
1: and <laughs> drugs it's
2: probably this it's probably that just you know like throwing darts at a board but i deal with have dealt with insomnia i deal with lucid dreams i would say mm, almost a hundred percent of all dreams i have are lucid it's awesome it's not something i can control because it just happens all the time. I just know that I'm dreaming. When something happens and I'm just like, it's very realistic. This is what's going on right now. And then Jeremy pulls off his face and he's a giraffe. And I'm like, all right, well, this is a dream. you know." And I'm able to recognize that for what it is and then continue on from there. More often than not, those are set in a stage of a nightmare. So it's not a great experience. It's just that I can recognize that I'm dreaming, and now I control what's going on in the dream, and I can describe that pretty well. I haven't done any research to find out why I do that, but that's something I can talk about. I want to talk about this with you, but it's so unknown. It's a lot more intense than just knowing that you're in a dream realizing well this is just ridiculous and i know i'm dreaming right now and being able to control the parameters of your dream
1: it's been going on for hundreds of years too it's not it's not new it's
0: it's been going on since the beginning of recorded time as far as we know
1: yeah and
2: there's the fact that we can't figure out what's causing it and how to stop it it's kind of mind-blowing yeah i don't feel qualified to really dig in deep and talk about this sort of thing
0: so Jake, I I got a good question for you, man. And Jake, you are an extremely faithful man, and you're very knowledgeable. Is there anything tied in with uh, faith and religion to what's going on with Derek that you know of? No. No? No.
2: (laughs) (laughs) As far as waking up and seeing a black shadowy figure, I don't know. That's just probably just some weird thing our brains do. It's yeah, black shadow figure, fire burning, and walls melting, and so I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. Also well, known as a sleep
1: demon.
0: Yeah, it might be. Yeah, it's it's, it's, a, it's
1: caused when you wake up and your brain is still dreaming.
0: Yeah, that that's what it is. It's you're waking up during REM sleep, man. It's exactly what what science explains it as, and it's just a projection of your dream. I don't buy that. I buy the whole being paralyzed. That's a great explanation for that. But why are we all seeing the same thing? I don't buy that. It's just a projection of your dream.
1: And Why do I have it four to five times a week and he's not having it at all and you're having it once? Right. Yeah, what's what's causing that?
0: I want to say thanks for blowing my mind today. I had a great time. This episode is going to be awesome. Thanks for getting me in my feels. (laughs) <laughs> i can't say thank you enough man i i just want to leave with one last question so out of everything that we discussed today you know we kind of went through the science of it the, the theories of it the the cultural applications of it what do you honestly think that this thing is
1: uh i have no idea at all because i can at first i thought it was a very stressful situation so i, thought I like stress is causing it, but I'll go two, three weeks and really not have any stress. I'm happy as can be, and I'll
0: still come home and have it. Yeah. Well, i like to point out to everybody listening to this that if you have questions for Derek to let us know on our Facebook page or on our email, let us know. Uh, Derek, if we get enough questions, would you be willing to come on for a second interview?
1: Absolutely, and maybe by then I'll have more stories to tell more detailed
0: cool man well keep us in the loop if you have anything interesting that pops up you know like let's say after you talk about it and now that it's in the world that black figure comes and he, he starts talking to you face to face you know he's we pissed will, off we want to know man
1: he's like how dare you talk about me he's pissed he's behind me right now actually
2: well yeah but
1: he, um, he's always here according <laughs> to <as laughs> what you said you can't
2: see it <laughs> yeah
1: he's always he's always here
2: <laughs> it's just waiting in the bathroom for you. No, I, I absolutely want to say thank you for <laughs> I want to say thank you for coming on here, talking with us, being open and honest and allowing yourself to be vulnerable to deal with our our asking questions and and really trying to dig into this and find out as much as you know. It's really cool. It's a neat opportunity.
0: Yeah, thanks for having and, me. Yeah, uh,
2: appreciate the uh appreciate the experience, absolutely.
0: All right. Once again, Derek, thanks for coming on today. I really appreciated it. I think that we have enough here to keep people interested, and I'm almost 100% certain we're going to get some sort of questions for you. So when that happens, I'll get in touch with you. We'll have you back on. happy to answer.
2: Thank you for joining us on this episode. If you'd like to comment on this episode, you can do so on facebook.com forward slash infinite rabbit hole. If you have a story to share with us or would like to be interviewed, you can contact us at infiniterabbithole@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Thank you again, and have a great day.
0: There's a lot of stuff we're gonna end up taking out.
1: Gonna come out to like twelve minutes, no. <laughs> <laughs>
2: pretty much. <laughs> Jeremy's obsessed with doing that stuff. We gotta take more time off I'm like, "All right, man."
0: <laughs> no, you gotta That's... make
2: people listen for like hours, dude.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I just we're new, man. We I, I don't think we deserve an hour long spot yet. You know, people aren't into it.
1: You gotta add like jokes and stuff. You gotta be funny. You gotta make people laugh,
0: cry. That's Jake's job.
2: <laughs> Jeremy doesn't think we deserve love. <laughs> you just want to talk about the facts and get it over with. Is that is that your?
0: You're I mean, throw some
1: jokes in. You know to make me laugh?
0: Yeah, man. I mean, yeah, we'll we'll throw some jokes in about your real life issue. Yeah, yeah. make fun of me. I, I want it. I, make, <laughs> I want you to make fun of me. Um, even, even
1: add this little conversation in there.
0: Maybe.
2: <laughs> make fun of me. Make fun of me. Well, talk about how I deserve it. Hey, yeah. As long, <laughs> hey. All right, man. Let's let's
0: get serious. You ready?
2: I let's get. i not
0: person. I'm not a serious person. This. You, you
1: know me. I'm right. not serious. I'm gonna make jokes the whole time. It is
0: already 17:45. We need to get this going, man. All right, nah, dude. Yeah, we. Got,
2: hey, I gotta eat yeah. pizza.
0: That's <coughs> you eat it right now. To I got kids. I gotta get ready for school tomorrow. <laughs>
2: tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah, they got a live stream and stuff. Gosh, he's gotta wake up with Jeez. them. Get them. Get he's the them. In
1: front of a cube computer for
0: like eight hours? You have no idea. Man. <sighs>
1: While we're doing this, I gotta know.
0: <laughs> right now, I'm gonna reference Wikipedia.com. The most solid information in the internet comes from this website. Have you ever heard of it? Just killed that joke. That joke <laughs> was awful. God. Okay dude that was funny yeah. I was was <laughs> thanks microphone. a lot that i gotta cut that whole thing out now
1: <laughs> i don't even know what you said dude
0: <laughs> really did you I, was reading, I was reading this thing <laughs> oh i gotta try, again, try yeah. again
2: yeah you did good man do it again we'll laugh do come again. on do it again and go uh,
0: i don't even know how to do it <laughs> come on it was so perfect
2: you guys are dicks Jeremy was talking about this one article that he found, and what was what was the site (laughs) called? He's laughing his own jokes, dude. He is. That's how you know it's funny. So I'm
0: on Wikipedia right now, Uh, honestly.
2: Thanks, man.
0: All right, let me get this out. Let me get this out. (laughs) Well, I appreciate it, man. And I'm at a lot. I don't know how to close it out. Oh, it's starting and. And ending an episode, I just can't. You just did it.
2: You did it. All right, we're done. You said, "Blah blah 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 blah," and then you're like, "All right," and then that's and then you hang up. Okay. Blah 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 blah. Thanks for having me. I'll see you later. Later. That's it. That's it. I guess that's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's all. That's it. We're good. All right. We're done now.